0: Okay, my title this morning is Victory Basics. So uh, as you know, part of our theme this year, our whole theme has been the the subject of victory. So I want us to uh, look at some basics for spiritual victory, for living a strong life. Because when we have things spiritually done right, we are strong in every other part of our life. So Acts chapter 2 verses uh, 38 and 39. You'll need your Bibles for this because I haven't got it up on the screens. But it says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the holy spirit the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off for all whom the lord our god will call so this victory basics i want to take the classic message of what it of what it means to be christian how we become a christian how we stay a Christian, and. Uh, this is a. This is going to be a, a brief lesson, so I won't be going deep into any one point. So, you know, one of the things that, that uh, I think really, really bugs me is when you preach a message and someone says, "Oh, I'm really disappointed that you didn't cover this." Is I go, I, "I know," but if you want to stay here till like forever, then we'll cover every single little thing. But we're going to do dot points for for each of the areas that we're going to look at for spiritual victory. Is that okay? So, I mean, it's just me, you know, being being Painful there, but uh, it is really annoying when people tell you what you should have preached when you didn't preach it. So no, I think that's cool. So victory basics: we've got to know what we're saved from, and saved to. So it's good to know what we are saved from, and equally important to know what we're saved to, or what we're saved to do. God has intended a way for us to be victorious, and He's given it all in a package called Jesus. So we're going to look at these four keys this morning, salvation in Jesus up on the screen, baptism, which we mean baptism in water, being uh, baptized, Uh, baptism in the Holy Spirit, a spiritual baptism, and the fourth one is serving the Lord, which is the purpose of the church, which is the purpose of every believer, is to serve the Lord. So we're going to look at salvation, uh, that's a a Christianese word, which means to be saved, And Jesus spoke a lot about being born again. We need to be born again. So I'll give you the core elements of that, and we're going to go through things uh, pretty smartly uh, as we go through this morning. So salvation, being born again, uh, getting our lives right with God, is going from living in spiritual darkness to living in God's light, living under the grace of Jesus in, in His light. So there's three elements that we see to be born again to have that experience. Believe, and we saw that in Acts that I just read to you at the start. Believe, repent, confess Christ, as in uh, you make a declaration that that you you are a uh, follower of Jesus. Now, those were in random order, not in in any uh, particular order. But when you believe, when you say, "I, I believe Jesus as who he says he is, that he is the son of God, that he died for my sins, you have a new beginning. Jesus himself described that as being born again. Jesus said you, you must be born again. If you want to live this spiritual experience that God has intended for us, then we need to let go of our old life, our old way, old thinking, old patterns, old behaviours, and embrace a whole new life which is found in Jesus Christ. And Jesus said it's, it's so dramatic, it's like being born again. The old you is gone and a new you is born. So I think the most important and clear description of the, the doctrine of salvation is in Romans 3, verse 22 to 26. I'm not going to read it all out to you this morning for time, but basically it says that we're all sinners and we are all made right uh, in God when we have faith in Jesus, when we put our trust in Jesus for that. So uh, if, if you want to uh, look at that more closely, it gives you a complete and clear uh, picture of what this being born again is all about and how we achieve that romans 3 verse 22 to 26 uh, romans 10 verses 9 to 10 it says confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and you will be saved so that confession's like confession is like a declaration when people get married they make a declaration of their intention to to be loyal and committed to one another and uh, it's, it's a similar thing but deeper when we have a confession to say that I want to be a follower of Jesus and I'm going to confess and uh, uh, speak out my desire to be a follower of God. So John 3 verse 7, Jesus said this, So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. So living in spiritual victory begins by having Jesus as the Lord in your life. Is not an insurance policy. Some people think, well, I'm going to treat my life like I, I have this uh, Jesus card, which is like gives me uh, a ticket to heaven, like my insurance policy. But really, there's not much more to it than that. But I want to tell you something. There's a, there's a much greater level that God wants you to live in. The fullness of spiritual victory is uh, having Jesus uh, you know, interwoven into every part of your life into every part of what you do and how you think. So that's the first part, to be spiritually victorious, is to be born again, to be saved. The second part is, 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 a, is baptism in water. It's a step of obedience. Baptism is a public declaration of our commitment to living new in Jesus. Uh, some people think, well, why do we need to do that? You know, it's a you know, I don't know why. Well, hopefully you can get a grasp this morning of why it's important that we follow Jesus, a step of obedience. It's, it's. I think, the first step of, of being a disciple, a true follower of Jesus, is to be baptized, to be baptized uh, in water. Um, it's, it's a, for, I guess, a public declaration of our commitment to living a new life with Jesus. It's about believing and uh, and a physical symbol of this new life that we're entering into. So before being baptized, you've made the decision that you're a believer. Um, You've repented of your sins. That's one thing we don't often talk about in in, uh, uh, our appeals for people to come to Christ, is repent of your sins. So often people think, well, yeah, I I get the concept in my mind that I I need to be a follower of Jesus, I can accept that. But without that repentance, repent means to turn away turn away from you're going one direction doing doing certain things but repentance means that you you stop doing those things and you're going to live a a different way now i know we all struggle with sin we all struggle with with issues and problems and our, our our own humanness but what we what we find when we repent is we keep coming back to jesus we keep coming back to god and we need to realize that that um there's a voice from the, the enemy of our soul that says when we do something wrong, now run away from God, run away from church, stop doing everything that is is along those lines and run, run far away. But what God wants us to do is when we know we've done the wrong thing is turn back to him and run to him because he's able to forgive us again and again and again. Repentance is an ongoing process of uh of developing victories in our life. So when we don't repent and go back to God, we are defeated spiritually. So I want you to be—I want you to live with a, a culture of victory in your life. And you do that by when you make a mistake, you don't—you don't dwell and live in that. And then, um, if you're like me, you do something wrong, you think, "Oh well, I've blown it. Now I'm just going to, uh, you know, throw it all away." You, you don't want to be like that. You want to say, "I'm going to bring it back to Jesus. I'm going to repent of that. Turn away from it." and keep going um, in God's forgiveness. So baptism is about um, believing and beginning a new life with Jesus as Lord. So um, baptism declares we are choosing to belong to Jesus. We're saying publicly, I'm choosing to belong to Jesus. It marks a definite break from our past and embraces a new future. So um, it's living in the grace of God. So in, um, in the Old Testament, it said the, the, the people of Israel, when they left Egypt, they were leaving slavery in Egypt. They went through the Red Sea. If you know your Bible stories, that's where the sea parted. They, they walked through the sea on dry, on dry ground. And it's described in, in uh, the New Testament as the, the whole generation of Israelites were baptized uh, as they passed through that water. It's marking a separation from slavery and stepping into freedom. Then again, a new generation of Israelites who have spent 40 years in the wilderness, uh, wandering around, waiting to enter the promised land. It says they've crossed the Jordan River. another symbol of baptism, meaning we've left our wanderings behind, we've left the wilderness behind, and we're passing into God's promise. Now I don't know where you're at today, but you might be feeling well. I feel like my life has been—I've been enslaved by certain things. Well, you need to come to Jesus and walk through the waters of baptism and say, well, "I'm leaving the, the 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 slave life behind. I'm going to enter into a free life." And perhaps you're in that place where you felt that your life has had no purpose. Your life has been a, a, a um, constant wanderings, con- constant uh, uh, feelings of of uh, no purpose or no reason, going around and around in circles. Well, you need to go through the, the the baptism as the people of Israel did, the baptism through Jordan, which says, I'm no longer wandering, but I'm entering into God's promised land. So hopefully that, that there are pictures of baptism and what it can mean in our lives. But it marks a definite break from our past and it embraces a new future. So living in the grace of God. So baptism is a statement of faith, it's a statement of obedience um, that Jesus is our Lord. Romans 6 verse 4 says, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. It signifies Jesus' death and his resurrection. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. So baptism is, is, is powerfully symbolic but it's also powerfully spiritual. And I know many times when we've baptised people, they've they've experienced such a presence of God as they've they've been baptised. They experience something supernatural takes place that uh, can't be explained any other way that it's just God touching them through that act of obedience. So uh, it it is uh, powerfully symbolic of Jesus' death, burial and resurrection. Um, And we identify Jesus' sacrifice and victory over sin and we're... In effect, we're, we're declaring that we are, we believe and accept Jesus as our Lord. And it's a first step of true discipleship is baptism. And I know a lot of people say, well, I can be a Christian. I was never baptized. and I don't really need to be, you know, something that I don't know why you wouldn't want to be when you're following Jesus to that level of um, discipleship is where Jesus wants us all to be. The third one. Baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, this can be a contentious one today, but I will say it's um, it was fundamental of the early church that we read about in the book of Acts and the, all of the, the New Testament books. It was fundamental. It's also accepted as a doctrine by all major denominations uh, of church today. There, there would not be one major denomination in the world. I'm talking from from any any denomination you can me- care to mention that doesn't have baptism in the Holy Spirit as a a core doctrine of their beliefs. For some reason, they don't always embrace what that would actually mean in practice. But I want us to be a church that in- embraces what things mean in practice, not just say, "Well, it's just a theory. Yeah, it's all it's in our books, but we don't really we don't really do it." So hopefully, I can shed some light on why we should be baptized in the holy spirit. So Acts chapter 2 verses 17 to 18 I'm reading from the New Living Translation today. It says, "In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people." Now, this this here is is a prophecy from the book of Joel. It's an Old Testament prophecy that is being uh, being spoken about by by Peter He says, in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I'll pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So that, as I mentioned, that Old Testament prophecy from Joel is identified by Peter on the day of Pentecost as being the fulfillment. That they were they were filled with the Holy Spirit. There was something fresh coming to the earth, coming to God's uh, house of believers. That is a a form of the Spirit of God that can dwell within us. That is part of us. It says they were filled with the Spirit and began to speak in other languages. Another contentious little issue, right there. But I believe that it, you know, and I'll show you that it's an important. Uh, element to have in your life i was going to use the word tool but that's very very crude description of the holy spirit it's a it's an element of god that we want to have uh, uh uh fully engaged in our life if we want to live the full spiritual expression of victory in every part of our life so i love the fact that the holy spirit is for everyone who believes you know it says i'll pour out my spirit on young people on old people on men and women so should women be in ministry? Well, if they're filled with the Holy Spirit, yeah, they should be. Should kids be in ministry if they're filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes, they should Should be. Can old people be filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes, they should be. Should they be in ministry? Yes. I, I, someone asked this morning in the pre-service planning meeting, they said, can old people use these, these communion things? And I said, no. <laughs> I think that means I must be officially getting there. But you get, it talks about a spiritual language that has power over our weaknesses in spiritual things. Romans 8.26 says, uh, when we don't have the words to express our spiritual need, that we, we get words from the Holy Spirit. In some versions of the Bible, it says we, we speak in groanings too deep for us to understand. And I'll tell you something, when... When you're at that point in life or that point of, of uh, decision sometimes, you think, well, I don't even know how to pray or what to pray. You might just feel so utterly empty or helpless sometimes. That's when you need to draw upon the Holy Spirit that is in you and begin to speak in a heavenly language that you, that you can't learn in a school, that you can't develop by, by uh, being taught. It's something that is gifted to you by the Holy Spirit. Baptism in the Holy Spirit matters if you want to live up to the full expression of your faith. And uh, there's, there's, I'm not going to go into all the details of it, but there are many stories in the New Testament where there was a church of believers and uh, they're visited by the apostles and they they start to talk to them about Jesus and baptism. They go, oh, yeah, we've done all that stuff. And then they said, Were well, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And they said, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And it says that, that they laid their hands upon them and uh, they received the Holy Spirit. There's, there's a whole... Um, other angle that we could go down this morning of laying hands on people to receive the Holy Spirit. But um, I just want to encourage you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It does matter if you want to live up to the full expression of your faith. So I just believe that that, uh, uh, that there is creativity, there is art, there is, there is uh, engineering, there is all kinds of um, uh, amazing creativity that is released when Men and women are filled with the Holy Spirit. Things that you, you, you couldn't think of, uh, you, you, can, you can know because you've got the Holy Spirit in uh, invigorating your mind. So be baptised in the Holy Spirit it's really, really important. And I think the, the fourth one this morning that we're going to look at is serving the Lord. The purpose of the church is to serve the Lord. So the church is not a social club. Get this, it's really important. The church is not a social club that exists to cater for its members. Its members exist to cater to the needs of the world. So I I know our instinct is is bent towards our our comfort and for others to serve us. Um, And and when we live like that, we lose the urgency to reach the world, to help others. So we need to realise that... uh, we're not a social club that exists to cater to its members so um, we've got to find ways that that we serve the world not not cater to our comfort matthew 5 verse 16 in the new living translation in the same way let your good deeds shine for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father and i've underlined the most important parts of that of that verse there Let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So when we do something good, it's not, Oh, praise Rob. Oh, praise Jansen. Oh, praise your name. It's like we want people to see God through the good things that we do. So Romans 12, verse 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is, true, uh, this is truly the way to worship Him. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 5. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. We've got to discover the service that God wants us to complete, that God wants you to complete as an individual. You want to uh, discover those things. So uh, Ephesians 2, verse 10. It says, For, for we are God's handiwork, Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So, could I just have the musicians come and and join me again? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 8. And I know I've used a lot of scriptures this morning. It, It says, Unless a trumpeter, unless the trumpet or the bugler in some version says, makes a clear sound. How will anyone know what to do? That's paraphrased by me. But I I believe that the church needs to have a a clear sound, a clear expression of who we are and what we're here to do. And part of that is knowing how to be saved, knowing why we need to be saved, knowing why we baptised, knowing why we are filled with the Holy Spirit, why we need to serve in the house of God. We need to have a clear sound that is fundamental to the beliefs in which we have. I think it's, it's so, so important that we have good works in the church, in the community, so that Jesus gets glorified. We need to make it plain and clear what we're here to do. So when you get saved, when you get born again, when you have that experience, God sets you up on a pathway for a future with a plan that is that, it, that brings glory to Him and it gives your life a purpose. And one of the things we do here and Beth did it this morning is we want to help people wherever they are in their journey. Some people are starting their journey. Some people are a long way into it. Some people are you know, still trying to work out who Jesus is. But we regularly in our service give opportunity for people to ask Jesus to be their saviour, to be born again. It's a a fundamental of what we need to do. We need to give people who don't know Jesus the opportunity to know him. In Romans, again, it it talks about how will they ever know unless someone tells them? And that's what we exist to do as a church. We have, you know, a, a policy of trying to include all people in, in what we do to serve and use their gifts, uh, we, we have things like life groups and uh, they're for connection for people to grow in their faith with others um, and to have pastoral care on a more uh, closer level. We have growth track courses that help people discover um, their, their strengths and, and find out a little bit more about our church because we want to give a clear sound of what we're here for. I encourage you to be activated to live complete, fulfilled, and victorious in your life. Be born again. Be baptized. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And serve the Lord. We've got to follow Jesus with a purpose. Be productive. And be victorious. We've got to pray for people to ask Jesus into their heart. That's something that we want to do as a church but I guess for those here already who are believers uh, I want you to to sing this song this morning as a declaration that Lord I'll follow you into the next stage you have for my life I'm going to follow you anywhere I mean we sometimes sing these songs and hear these messages maybe stirred in our heart uh, and and really we we say say these words but really we say but but uh, you know I don't really know what that means but I want, it, I want us to get to that point where we say, God, I, I give you my life. And I know that you know, we're, we're all going to interpret things differently this morning. But I want you to really consider the words that we sing, and the, the declarations that we make and say, Jesus, I will follow you. Wherever you lead me, whatever you take me to. I think... Many of us, we need to get back to that place of salvation. Take ourselves back to the start of our journey and be grateful for being saved. Because I think that's the, the biggest, one of the biggest blockages that we have in churches today is people who forgot what it was like to be saved. And so we lose the urgency for the world around us. We lose, we lose the passion for those who don't know Jesus. And we sometimes kind of think that that we should hide that light, that we shouldn't tell anyone. You know, more people need to know the the truth of the gospel than what we give credit to that. And they need to have that, that opportunity. But we need to be grateful for being saved. Never forget the day you were saved. Because ungratefulness robs you of victories. Robs you of victories that you should enjoy in life. So always be grateful for God. Always, always stay close to your salvation. I always often wonder well, where would I be if I never got saved. I tell you, I can tell you the honest truth: where I would be, I would be a scammer. I would probably be in jail, and I'd probably keep going back again because I know what was in my heart before Jesus came and touched me. I know what I would get up to. So this morning. I want us to rededicate ourselves, and the words of the, the song. If we can go to that song, um, wherever you lead me, if that, is that what it's called? Yeah, that'll do. Let's stand. Let's sing together it's as a as a